This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining. It's the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Football season is up and running, so today we want to talk about your favorite foods for the tailgate. You like to fire up the grill at the stadium or prepare your dish at home. What about dips? What type do you like to bring to a tailgate party? Do you have a favorite sandwich or burger that you like to prepare? Maybe some special chicken wings that you want to share. Give us a call with your comments and experiences this morning. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 or send an email to food at mpbonline.org. You're listening to Deep South Dining from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. It's the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. I'm Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Football season is up and running, so today we're talking about your favorite foods for the tailgate. Do you like to fire up the grill at the stadium, or do you prepare your dishes in advance? What about dip? What kind of dip do you like to bring to the tailgate party? Maybe a favorite sandwich or a burger that you like to prepare. And what about wings? Do you have a special chicken wing recipe that you'd be willing to share with us? Give us a call this morning with your comments and questions. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring You can call us at one eight seven seven. Six seven two seven four six four, or send an email. It's food at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Deborah. Hope that you are doing well today. Good morning, Kevin. I am doing absolutely fantastic. I had an incredible, incredible weekend. Um, over the weekend, several things happened, Kevin. One of them is I prepared a um, special dinner for some friends of mine, and um, it was just incredible. I did a traditional Southern meal where we did some pan-seared collard greens that were loaded with uh, some country pleasant sausages. Of course, you know that's one of my favorites. I did some oven-fried chicken, Kevin. Mm. Oh, my gosh. And everybody's still asking, how did you get it so crispy on the outside? Uh, I did some um, baby carrots with pineapples and maple syrup. That was just fantastic. We had some red velvet cornbread. (laughs) And I did a rice casserole. So that was really nice. And, of course, you know, this weekend uh, there was a um, race for sickle cell. And so I want to say hello to some of my friends, um, in particular one of my friends. His daughter lost her fight to sickle cell when she was 10. So we're honoring her. Um, of course, this entire month is uh, celebrating sickle cell awareness. And so it's been a great, great weekend, Kevin. So oven, oven uh, fried chicken. Now tell us a little bit more about that. Well, basically what I did, Kevin, is I created a um, the same way you would when you're frying chicken. I created a, a batter. I created a uh, egg wash. We uh, marinated it uh, in the batter uh, for about 30 minutes, which, you know, was just a little bit of buttermilk and some other little goodies that I whipped up together and uh, all the seasonings that my heart desired. And we um, 
let the chicken soak in that for about 30 minutes, and then I took it out. I did it in the egg wash. We floured it up um, and actually just oiled the pan really good and just let the oven do the work, Kevin. And it was really amazing. I was a little concerned because I'd never done it quite that way before, but it created this amazing, amazing crispy skin for me. Um, the temperature was about 400 degrees and uh, just let the oven do its thing. And it was, and it turned out to be really, really crispy. People were really excited about all the extra skin that they get because that's what we love about fried chicken. <laughs> and the taste was just incredible. So I was quite pleased with the way it turned out. All right. So we're going to be talking uh, this morning about tailgating. And, uh, you know, if you're not a football fan, we can expound that out to maybe just, you know, outdoor grilling uh, in the fall here in uh, the south. Still uh, warm enough that we could get out and have a backyard cookout. So uh, if you're not one who likes to uh, enjoy this type of food, uh, preparing for a football game, we can uh, say, you know, what's your favorite thing to do on these uh, fall cookouts? Uh, But that's what we're talking about. So uh, give us a call this morning if you have a favorite recipe that you'd like to share, maybe a memory of going going to a football game with your friends and family and some of the things that you uh, ate in advance of that it's it's, it's quite a tradition there to um, for folks to gather in you know in parking lots and and the grove and, and areas uh, designated around campuses and have a lot of fun fellowship and uh, and food before uh, the big game uh, the number to call is 1877 MPB ring it's 1877 Six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. So, um, already sampled what you brought in this morning. A little bit of that. Uh, so, tell us uh, first about. Um, I don't. It's, it's. I think it's a brat, isn't? It? I mean, I don't think it's a hot dog. It looks like a hot dog, but it tastes more like a brat. Uh, absolutely, Kevin. Um, you know, hot dogs are traditional, but you know, there are so many other sausages and brocks that you know we celebrate. Um, from Red Rose to, again, Country Pleasant, which happens to be one of my favorite, or, you know, you're doing a Hillshire Brock. Um, and so what I did, Kevin, of course, is we grilled them up really, really nicely. Uh, I think what you really liked, because you kind of said you love the onions, and what I did was caramelize some onions, and that's really simple to do. We just simply um, took a little bit of olive oil and got our pan really hot, sliced those onions up really, really nicely, a little salt, a little pepper. And right when they're cooked almost down, Kevin, I just tossed in a little bit of brown sugar to kind of up the fl- ante of the flavor a little bit. Uh, we made some coleslaw today, Kevin. Three simple ingredients. It's really easy. We got our cabbage that's chopped up really, really finely. We got a granny apple. And what I used, Kevin, was one can of uh pineapple chunks folded that in and i said three but actually it's four ingredients and we use of course my secret ingredients da-da, a little tartar sauce and we toss that all together it's really fresh the taste is really clean and it just makes you want to have more and more of that it's a great way to get everybody to eat some really um you know wonderful vegetables because you want some more of that every time. Yeah, the uh, I'm a big fan of coleslaw, and the the cabbages and the apple together makes it so really crunchy. So again, we talk a lot about visual presentation, but I think the idea of different textures kind of excite your mouth, as it were, uh, when you chew that. But boy, it was really tasty. And like I said, I, I am a big fan of the grilled onions, and these were big, good, big slices and just really delicious. The other thing I like... <clears throat> It's more than just a hamburger or hot dog bun. Uh, looks like you found some some nice uh, rolls. Yeah, we did the fancy smancy stuff today, Kevin. I mean, you know, it's it's just simply taking those traditional things and maybe taking a little extra. And so, what I usually these buns are used for like hoagies or uh, sub sandwiches, but I decided to use them uh, for 
for our sausages today or our hot dogs, whatever you're going to have. And if I was, you know, out tailgating, I would like to throw these on the grill for just a little bit, you know, to kind of get a little char on the inside. But it makes for a one, it's a little bit heavier, so the bread is not tearing apart. It's still soft and moist, got all those, you know, elements that you like when you're having that, you know, that bite of sausage or hot dog with that, you know, soft, moist bread. So absolutely. Yeah, I give you kudos for that because I know at the baseball game, when I go to, that's the the big, I like getting the foot-long hot dog, but invariably the bun begins to fall apart and, you know, splits and that kind of thing. So th- I think this is really a good idea uh, for hot dogs or, as you said, brats, because it's it's firmer and so it, it'll stay there. And you don't have to worry about, you know, the hot dogs squirting out the end or the bottom of the bun because it tore up. So that was. Uh, oh, absolutely. Because, we, you know, you're going to pa- we piled in some onions and then, of course, you know, got a little barbecue sauce going here. And because I'm greedy, Kevin, I added my coleslaw right on top. Now, see that I saw you did that. <laughs> and I thought I should have done that because, boy, that would have really. Oh. Oh, uh, kicked up the flavor there. That was so. Uh, one other thing that, uh, you know, sometimes I feel bad about taking too much. There are other folks here at uh, MPB that would like to enjoy your food when you come in on Mondays, too. So I, I, I purposely did not get the other thing. But you made a little uh, skewer out of, I guess, the brats as well. Huh? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's taking it's just being creative with what you already have. And you can do that with your hot dogs, your sausage, you know, or whatever meat that you're using. But I just simply took and I um, I like those little extra char marks I don't know if you noticed that on those, Kevin. Those actually have a little bite of cheese on the inside, and so we roasted up some pineapples along with that. You can use your apples and strawberries. You know, meats pair very well with your fruit, or you can use your onions and your bell peppers. You know, it's game time, you know. And what I really like about skewers, because, you know, you are moving around, you got it, you know, a meal on a stick, and you can just keep going. It's just absolutely fantastic. And I think you've picked out, as you mentioned, fruit that pairs up well. We've got the Granny Smith apples, but then pineapple. Pineapple really does go well. I mean, folks love it on pizza. Um, you have it in the coleslaw. It adds a nice little uh, texture and, and taste there. So the pineapples are really versatile uh, fruits. Oh, absolutely. From, you know, from using them in my cakes, Kevin, again, to using them in salads or coleslaw or, you know, on they grill really well, you know, because it's it's a heavy bite. I like the fact that you're getting uh, the citrusy taste and the sweet together from the pineapple. So it for me, it's just one of those really pleasant bites, no matter what you put in. But this morning when I was preparing the coleslaw, I was like, I wanted to do something really different uh, because, you know, traditionally, you don't really find pineapples in your coleslaw. And and then I topped it off with a little bit of sesame seed. So you've got, you know, you got these wonderful things going on in your brain while you're eating this food. And, and it's really yummy. And I think one other thing is it doesn't get mushy. It's a nice, firm, uh, juicy. I mean, it's got the juice in there, but it doesn't it doesn't seem overly I mean, I must make them old or whatever, but to me, pineapple has that nice firmness to it. Oh, absolutely. That's And that's the thing that I like about pineapples and my apples. You know, you can grill them really well. They, Like you said, they don't fall apart like bananas would. And you have to be really careful with strawberries. I grill them, but the, but you really have to be really careful not to overgrill them because they will turn kind of mushy on you. And so absolutely, Kevin, it's it's that firmness that you like. And, you know, you get that crunchiness in the bite and, and you've got all this flavor. Now, and also, I think these were kind of a spicy brat that you got there this morning. Well, you know, I like it spicy, <laughs> Kevin. What can I say? I like it spicy. I mean, you know, what's life with a little spice? You know? <laughs> but 
but again, that you know, and so that with the the grilled onions and then the nice big uh, hoagie roll that was really really tasty, and that would be something that would really get you fired up uh, before the big game starts. We need to take uh, our first break. Hey, we haven't heard from anybody out there yet. We're again, talking about tailgating. We love football here in the South. Uh, oh yes, and as we I said, do. <laughs> even if you're not a football fan. Outdoor grilling, it's uh, warm enough in the fall, in this early fall, that uh, we can still do that. So uh, what is your favorite thing to take to these sorts of parties? Give us a call, or if you have some memories about maybe some tailgating uh, memories that you'd like to share with us. The number is one mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 Send an email to food at mpbonline.org. Back with more after this. for Mississippi Public Broadcasting comes from the Delta Entrepreneurship Network. Hosting the Delta Challenge Pitch Competition September 29th at the University of Mississippi. Information and registration at dra.gov slash entrepreneur. Hi, this is Robert Siegel from NPR News. The presidential candidates have been stumping for months, and now they'll go head to head. Join me this evening for live coverage of the first presidential debate. We don't know what'll happen, but we'll be there with fact-checking and analysis to help you make sense of it all. Listen to the event on NPR News. Tonight at 8 on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're talking today about tailgating, or if you're not a sports fan, a football fan, maybe just outdoor grilling this time of year. What's good to put on the grill and share with folks uh, when you're uh, together to have a good time? You can call us with your comments, your questions, maybe some tailgating memories at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464 or send an email. It's food at mpbonline.org. We're talking about the things that uh, Deborah brought in for us to eat this morning. uh, We've got some uh, brats um, that are on uh, some nice big hoagie rolls with some uh, grilled onions. She made some uh, coleslaw with uh, several secret ingredients in it. And then we had um, a brat that was skewered uh, with some uh, pineapple on it as well. One thing that we forgot to mention, again, I just finished the coleslaw and it, I mean, it's just so crunchy, and I don't, I'm not sure why that's so appealing to me, but <laughs> it really, it, like I said, the texture uh, just adds to the whole experience of, of eating. And there was, uh, we, you mentioned um, 
pineapple, which is a little bit different, but also something that was a little tiny, but again, adds to that crunch, and that was uh, sesame seeds. Sesame seeds, Kevin. I, I like the fact that, you know, you get the little nuttiness from the sesame seed, but you also get just a tiny little extra salt from that because uh, they were salted. And so it just gives you all these wonderful things that you just don't expect in coleslaw. But I like the fact that you can take a fresh cabbage, and it's inexpensive to make. They are on sale this week at our favorite local grocery store. And um, so for less than... an uh, 50 cents, you got a cabbage, you know, you got some pineapples, you can, uh, and I like the ones in the can when I'm using this because I want to be able to use the extra syrup and use it in the tossing of the cabbage itself. Uh, so I, you literally just took the whole can and dumped it into the, the fresh cabbage. You got your granny apples. I used two granny apples. And I just spooned in about three tablespoons of coleslaw. I mean, I'm sorry, of tartar sauce. And that's it. There's no extra salt or pepper added. It's just really, really uh, wonderful um, way to serve uh, coleslaw. And, you know, being able to, you know, like you said, add the textures in, whether you're adding some raisins or uh, some fresh grapes, it, they pair well with cabbage. And a lot of people, you know, are not really doing that. They use, you know, usually with um, spring lettuce, you'll see all these other things added, but they pair well with cabbages as well. Yeah. Again, speaking of the, the texture, I know when I make my oatmeal in the morning, I like to add uh, both pecans and golden raisins because again, you know, oatmeal is kind of meh on its own, but when you Kevin, add that other you stuff in there. you are now officially a Mississippi boy. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's the way to do it. I want my raisins and my, and my pecans. Absolutely. <laughs> We've got a caller on the line. Let's say good morning to our buddy Frank. He's calling in from Jackson. Hello, Frank. Hey, Frank. How are you? Yes, fine. Good morning. I wasn't going to call, but you guys seem to be hurting for interest, so I figured I... Oh, you are so funny. <laughs> I don't want your ratings to go down. <laughs> How could they with you around, Frank? And I want to tell you, thank you for sending me over the little segue. It was hilarious. Thank you oh, so yeah. much. I enjoyed that. Yeah, the first two seasons are the funniest, but uh, BBC doesn't put them online. I guess they want to sell them. Uh, a couple of things. Number one, pineapples. Twice a year, Kroger, I know Kroger does, they'll sell pineapples for $1 a piece. Mm. And they're normally like anywhere from 250 to 3.98 each. So buy 10 of those, chop off the top, chop off the bottom, and then cut them in the middle like it's a barrel. Just cut the barrel in the middle. Then you go ahead and you use your knife and get all of the, of the skin off. Mm-hmm. Then don't buy a pineapple core. You can see the core once you cut it in half. So just cut around the core. I do it four times and then chop up what's good, throw the core away, and put them in a, a freezer bag and freeze them. And they do very well in the freezer. It tastes great when you go ahead and thaw them out. And I buy 10 at a time. I even buy 20. Next time they're on sale because they, I mean, they'll last very well. And I put them in my uh, smoothies as ice cubes. Uh-huh. And it gives a great flavor, great flavor to it. That's a great um, tip. Yeah. One thing you need to watch out though, when you freeze anything or put any fruit in the refrigerator, it loses some of the sweetness. So you might want to go ahead and thaw things out uh, if you're going to use them in a smoothie, like the orange. Take them out of the refrigerator the night before, and then put them in your smoothie, and they're a lot sweeter. Okay, a, a, a surprising ingredient for your coleslaw, for your potato salad, is a product called jicama, J-I-C-M-A, product code 4236 at Kroger because nobody knows what it is. <laughs> so what I've done is I take a picture 
of the little uh, card in the uh, in the bin and show it to the cashier. And she says, oh, yeah, okay, so you, everything's fine. But they can never find it. <laughs> jicama, uncooked jicama is like a sweet water chestnut. If you ever have water chestnuts in Chinese food, you know mm-hmm. they got a little crunchy taste. Mm-hmm. It's almost the same texture if you don't cook it, if it's raw. It's the same texture as that, but it's sweet. It's not overpowering sweet, but it has a sweetness to it. I have used jicama in, as a substitute for potato salad. It's kind of expensive, $1.98 a pound. Um, and uh, if you're trying to keep your blood sugar down, it's a good substitute. And instead of mayonnaise, I make a sort of mayonnaise with uh, cashew nuts. Hmm. I take raw cashews, soak them overnight, get rid of the water, put them in my blender, and blend them up real good till they're smooth. If you want them smoother, throw a little bit of uh, avocado in there. It'll look green, but well, that's, that's the price you pay. Uh, I've tried cutting the green off of the avocado and just putting it in the lighter section, but it still turns green. And it's very smooth, and you don't have the oil. The um, uh, one, Some people have a diet where they don't like oils that have been separated. They like oils in their natural state. That's why people eat nuts and things like that because it's, uh, what is the word? It's less of an impact on your, your caloric intake for the day. But if you use jicama, you need to let it sit in the seasoning overnight so it can absorb the seasoning. It's not like a potato that if you put something on it and it almost absorbs it immediately because it's not as firm as jicama. But instead of putting in, put, put in your uh, julienne carrots and julienne, your jicama, and people will ask you, what is that you get in there? Hmm. If you want to get a conversation or put them in your little spiralizer and spiral them up. And put them in a salad. So, Frank, will ask you, what is that? If we're in the grocery store looking for them, what does a jicama look like? And then, how do you? Is it uh, something that you peel first, or tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, it's something you peel, it's like a turnip or a rutabaga. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a root vegetable, and uh, uh, yeah, you have to peel it. Basically, you chop off both ends because it's kind of an oblong, it's a squashed oval. And you chop up the two bottoms, and you cut them in half, and then you, you peel them with your knife. And uh, you'd be surprised at the flavor you get. Last issue, bread. You would be surprised. <laughs> Why do you have an issue with bread, Frank? Wait. <laughs> oh, I not, Frank, I, wait a I, minute I, already. I love bread. <laughs> to it, I've convinced myself to eat bread by going to Gil's Bakery. Now, I don't know what Gil does to his, his bread, but it's not like other bread that I, I've gotten around town trying to get something that doesn't have that commercial flavor, that commercial taste, that commercial texture. Even some of the folks, uh, the chain bread maker in town, their bread, eh, so-so. But Gil knows what he's doing. Well, you know, that's the wonderful thing about fresh baked goods, um, uh, Frank. You know, you do, you know, you get a little extra love opposed to sometimes, you know, with commercial things, you know, mass produced, but it's something beautiful about uh, smaller bakeries or, you know, smaller lunch shops where you, people are actually, t- you know, really using fresh vegetables or, you know, fresh products. And so you get you get that love. And I think that that's what you're trying to say is that, you know, he's baking his goods with a lot of love. And so I can appreciate that. Yeah, a lot of knowledge. His bread tastes like I used to get into Jewish and Italian and the, uh, of all things, uh, Russian delicatessens hmm. in New York. You know, and they buy, they don't buy the commercial yeast. They don't buy the fast yeast. They let the bread sit over. And there's something they do that commercial bread making is taking away, taking away. So if you really want a treat, 
go buy some fresh bread from a bakery. Campbell's Bakery recommended Gill's Bakery to me. All right. Basically, Campbell's basically does uh, cakes and cookies and, mm-hmm. and donuts. Their stuff is good, too. But All right. Gills, I haven't found anybody better <laughs> than that. Thank you. Thank right. you hey, so Frank, much, Thanks Ray. for the suggestions. Good to hear from you this morning. I saw, Always. looked up jicama online and saw that you can get some uh, recipes for jicama slaw and that sort of thing. So looks like if you're in the adventuresome sort in the kitchen, that might be something that you want to try out. Good to hear from you, Frank. We've got another favorite caller on the line. So we talk to next Kathleen in Osaka. Good morning, Kathleen. Hi, Kathleen. I miss you guys. Oh, we miss you too. How are you doing? Doing a a lot of yard work, trying to stay in and out of that heat. But uh, a lot of times uh, they always talk about what they bring and what they fix for the tailgate. Well, I don't like football or games, so I'm great to have at these things because I hang out in the kitchen. (laughs) And I try to make stuff that, you know, people would enjoy. Well, I uh, was trying to locate some uh, kale, and uh, I was going to try to make the kale chips or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, I called around. Now, we are in Mississippi. They know what kale is. And I called a greengrocer, and I asked the supermarket. I said, let me have your greengrocer. And I got what? <laughs> and I said, no, you're, you're greengrocer. We ain't got nobody green. And I said, no, you're produce man, you're produce man. He goes, oh, yeah, we got one of them. So they sent you me back so bad. to the produce. It's true. I, I'm enjoying the, the humor behind it all myself. And I said, well, do you have any kale? And she says, well, what's that? I said, oh, my word, it's jicama all over <laughs> And I, I said, I guess I'll just throw that out the window and let's just go get a some chip. <laughs> but uh, this, the recipe I'm going to give you is for a dip. I call it granny's dip. My granny used to make it. And it's extremely simple, but it's really, really good. It's a cream cheese base. One block of cream cheese, a quarter cup of whole milk, about a quarter cup, maybe a little bit more, of Hellman's mayo, a very light dusting of salt, and then use, if you can, fresh ground black pepper, but we don't all have to do that. Just a fair amount of black pepper. I'd say uh, about a half a teaspoon. Sounds like a lot, but it's not. A light dusting of garlic powder, no garlic salt. And then I use just a pinch of McCormick's poultry seasoning. That wasn't in Granny's recipe. That's what I put in it. And then finely chopped white minced onions, minced celery, and parsley, about a quarter cup of each. Mix and you let it chill. Now, what's nice about that, you can divide it in thirds. And to make people think you really worked hard, you get a can of bacon baby food and you mix one-third with that, or you can get some shrimp. <laughs> I have my cat's She's <laughs> not my shrimp. But uh, you can get uh, uh, just a little bit of shrimp or oysters or whatever, put them in the food processor or blender, and you mix one-third with that. So what you have is three dips, one effort. There you go. 
I told you, Kevin, you got to cheat. You got to cheat and make it work. <laughs> that cat is really not having it this morning. <laughs> all your listeners know that I have sort of adopted a cat called BB, and he uh. is like nearly 20 pounds. He's huge. and um, He hears you talking about food. He's hungry, Kevin. <laughs> well, we got out about a week and a half ago, and I'm try- I was saying, okay, it was meant to be, you know. Well, he came back last night, and an animal had attacked him, and uh, he's not doing so good, so I guess I better feed him. <laughs> yeah, he, sound, he sounds hungry, that's for sure. No, he's, he, it's his back paw. They, they got him pretty bad. All right. Oh, yep. ouch. Yeah. <laughs> Let me join my rest of my day. <laughs> you too, right. girl. Thanks for the call, Kathleen. We need to take another quick break. When we get back, we'll delve into tailgating, some things that you can take uh, with you uh, to the tailgate to uh, have a great meal before you cheer on your favorite team. <clears throat> if you'd like to join us with uh, in, with this conversation this morning, you can call 1-888-MPB-RING. It's, I'm sorry, 1-877-MPB-RING. The phone number is 1-877-672-7464. We'll be back with more of the show after this. have a big decision to make on November 8th. A date which will live Ask not in, in, in watch your Mr. Gorbachev. We will keep this promise to the American people. Be informed. Listen to this station every day. Soon, the U.S. will not be the master of domain names. I guarantee you there are governments that have been exercising whatever influence they can to stop the creation of .gay. I'm Kelly McEvers. Fear of foreign influence over the Internet's phone book and Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump prepared to debate later on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. You're listening to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're talking today about tailgating. If you're not a big football fan, uh, maybe we can uh, include also just, you know, a cookout. What are some things to do when you're socializing with friends and family this time of year? A reminder, uh, we all of our local shows at MPB Think Radio are now available as podcasts. So if you have a favorite podcast app on your smartphone, uh, we would encourage you and appreciate if you would subscribe to the Deep South Dining podcast. We're having an unofficial contest here to see which podcast is the most popular. And I think that we're 
right up there in the top five. I'm not sure exactly what the first one is, but I, I know that ours has been one of the more popular ones, and we really appreciate that. Absolutely. And that way, it also gives you access uh, to the show. Uh, if you ever happen to miss the show on a Monday morning or want to go back and listen to something that you heard, uh, you have it right there uh, on your favorite podcast app. So subscribe to the Deep South Dining Podcast, and we certainly would appreciate it. All right, so uh, tailgating, uh, do you think it's better to prepare things ahead of time and maybe get one of those uh, you know, insulated kind of bags that you can keep stuff warm in and, and bring it to the game? Or do you think about actually taking your grill along and, and doing it at the uh, at the tailgate? Look, Kevin, tailgating is so serious, okay? People show up in these wonderful uh, vehicles days ahead of time. I've seen stuff that I've never seen before in my life. You know, it's like you, you, you think it's just a cute little RV, and then they all of a sudden they get this remote and it's a huge <laughs> kitchen with everything to go. I mean, it's it's a really serious deal. And so whether you, you know, you, you got a little bitty group, you know, that's one thing. But I mean, this is you're talking about 100,000 people at a game. This gets really, really serious. And so um, for me, it just really depends on the crowd, you know, and, and what the game is and what the you know environment is. But it's nothing like cooking that food right there on site. And there are so many things now that you can buy to make your life a lot easier for cooking. And, you know, and there's so many genius people that have created all these, you know, homemade deep fryers and barbecue pits. And you got these smells going. And it's really I think sometimes the tailgating at the games is really sometimes even more exciting than the games themselves, because you get to socialize with people and everybody's all friendly, you know, and you get to share food and ideas. So it just really depends. You know, if I'm watching the game at home, that's one thing. But if you're actually going to the game, it's nothing like seeing those people, you know, pull out the grills and cooking stuff, deep frying Oreos and, you know, 12 foot long, foot longs and, um, you know, who can eat the most ribs. And I mean, you got crawfish and corn. I mean, it's just so much stuff going on and everybody's happy, you know, and it's just it's a celebratory time. It's like going to the fair without all the rides, you mm-hmm. know, and and I, the last two games I went to, Kevin, I never made it inside of the stadium. Oh, well, come on now, that's. <laughs> I never made it. I'm sorry. It was so much activity on the outside. And a lot of people go to games, Kevin. There is as many people on the outside tailgating as there are on the inside. Come on. And you know that. It's hilarious. Uh, maybe not quite. Uh, so you got 90,000 people inside the stadium. I'm not sure. But no, I, I think you're right. And I think uh, you talked about sort of the, the, the sound of the convenient things. One thing that I think would be helpful if you want to do bring your grill is that they uh, make now the, the kind of the charcoal in a bag where you can just light, light the, the bag, whole bag right, instead yeah. of having to bring some lighter fluid. So that thing I would suggest maybe would be to do a little bit prep of work ahead of time and possibly maybe grill some stuff that you would then heat up on the grill at the uh, at the tailgate. Uh, but obviously you got to think about you know transporting it there, and then if when you're at the at the tailgate, usually you're going to have a little bit of a confined space. There'll be some other people around there, so you obviously don't want to bring out some huge grill. So a, a little preparation well, time. Apparently ahead of, you haven't been well, to the games I've been to. <laughs> I mean it's it's funny to see some guy and he unhitched the back of his truck and he's turned it into a cooler. It is just, <laughs> you know, it's amazing for me to see those kinds of things. And I, like I said, people literally show up, you know, depending on how big the game is, two, three days ahead of time. And they literally have these huge tents and they plan to come and only cook. So it's quite amazing to see that. All right. So if you are going to grill outside a, a stadium, a football stadium, what are maybe some kind of things to keep in mind? Uh, safety wise uh, yes sort of thing. I was about to tell you you know your your, your 
temperature factor is very important. And what scares me, you know, is to see people who've taken meat out and it's not being chilled. It's just laying there. I'm not usually eating at their tent. Uh, But you want to make sure that you're keeping your products fresh. Bring your ice coolers out. Keep your ice packed because you want to keep those meats chilled at a certain temperature until you're ready to actually go ahead and put them on the grill. The same thing with your vegetables, you know, and fruit. And you you want to worry about contamination, cross contaminations of things. Uh, but you know, again, people who are used to doing this, Kevin, what I've seen is, you know, they they've got everything sectioned off. Some of them eat. It's literally it's like uh, they're bringing the whole kitchen sink out to to these events, and so. People who are doing it regularly, they're very cautious of those kind of things because you don't want to send anybody home sick after the game is over with. They're probably going to already be frustrated, at, you know, if they lost the game. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's, it, being mindful of uh, cross-contamination is, is really important. And the thing, too, is, you know, for me, if, if you're going to cook the meat, go ahead and go ahead and cook it. You know, don't half cook it and wait for later. Just go ahead and cook it and make sure it's done before you start to serve it to people. Because, again, you don't want bacteria to, to start to growing. You don't want people to get salmonella. So you have to be very careful about those kinds of things. I think maybe if you're thinking about hosting a tailgate and have never done it before, maybe go to an earlier uh, a, a game and look around. And as you said, there are people that do this week after week that have it down to a system. So I'd say if you're new to this, maybe you know go around, look and see how other people have their things organized. I would imagine if you went up and talked to a complete stranger, they would be more than happy to share with uh, you their secrets uh, and how yeah. they prepare. Because you're right, it's a, it really is a fun social event. And uh, usually... Uh, Everybody's there supporting the same team, so you've got some sort of camaraderie there. So uh, it might be a good idea before you host one to go ahead and check out and see how some other people handle it. Oh, absolutely, Kevin. And, you know, and for me, it's just you bring the Coca-Colas, you know. That's what I want to do. I don't want to do any cooking. I want to go and and meet people because I'm such a social butterfly and hang out and try all of these wonderful dishes. And it's amazing. Some of the most creative dishes literally happen at those kinds of events. It's amazing what people are putting together, what kind of friend, and I had a friend um, who uh, apparently Kevin had served his guest some wild game. They didn't know it. And so everybody's running over to his tent and they're eating. Oh, my gosh, what is this? And when he finally revealed it, everybody was like, oh, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, a, it's amazing the kind of things. And I actually um, I went to a game at LSU and literally saw somebody grilling an alligator. Now, that was pretty cool. Hmm. Uh, if you'd like to join our conversation, give us a call. We've got some open phone lines. It's one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464, you can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. You know, one of the other things, I guess, when you're preparing things to keep in mind is that, and you mentioned this earlier, it's a portable thing. It's not, people will be sitting down maybe in chairs, but a lot of people will be standing, they'll be milling around and that kind of thing. So maybe uh, smaller portions, things on a stick, that kind of thing. I know one year I went to a football game in Tallahassee with my brother and his wife, and she had made um, hoagies or sub sandwiches, you know, big, long, uh, she had gotten a loaf of bread and, and, and made that, but then had sliced it up into little tiny individual pieces so that again, it was easy to grab something real quick and eat it. Uh, and then she had a variety of, of, of sandwiches that she had made, but instead of having to, you know, chew on that big foot long, uh, sub sandwich, you've got just tiny little slices and it's easy and it's a lot more portable. So I guess portability is an important thing to keep in mind. Oh, absolutely. You want to be able to, you know, create dishes that you're 
guests, you know, can walk around with and carry in their hands. Um, and then the thing, the great thing about, you know, creating those smaller pieces too, Kevin, is you get to feed a whole lot more people, you know, and it's really funny because it's something about grabbing a couple of those pieces. You, you may think you're fuller than you actually are. And so you get to feed a whole lot more guests uh, by doing that. Things like um, like one game I went to, somebody was actually serving uh, shrimp and grits, but they put them in these little bitty tiny cups. You just got a little scoop of it, but it was perfect. I got to walk around with my cup. I didn't have to stop and sit down and eat it. It was just wonderful. So absolutely, skewers are always amazing. And that's why you find things like chicken on the stick or shrimp and, you know, anything, you know, you can almost put it on a stick now. So it's just absolutely wonderful. One of the things that we were talking about in terms of uh, watching out for food that's been sitting out or whatever is dips are great. But again, sometimes you've got to watch out depending on what the base of your dip is in terms of keeping it cool so it doesn't get too warm. You know, cream cheeses, your um, mayonnaise based things, you know, anything that's got some egg, you know, product that's in it. You want to make sure that those products are kept chilled. And again, Kevin, you know, I've seen coolers long enough to uh, bury bodies in so you know they get really big and so people keep them and you keep them full of ice and you keep those products uh, you know actually um, really cool and, and then you know there are some people that are very sophisticated you know you have these plug-ins you know people are bringing little small refrigerators so you know everybody's conscious of the fact that you you need to be able to keep these things cool and you know people I've even had ice cream at tailgating parties so you know you, you got to keep that stuff cool got some callers on the line let's uh, go back to the phones. We start with uh, Simon, who's on I-20 listening to the show this morning. Hello, Simon. Hi, Simon. Uh, yes, good morning. Good morning. Go uh, ahead. I'm calling uh, to that gentleman called earlier about that people. Yes. Now, over here in Texas, uh, I'm from El Paso. I'm a truck driver. That Hikama is real good at a tailgate party when, you know, like everybody's having a beer or drink while, you know, while they're cooking. That hikama, you slice it up, and you put, uh, you squeeze, uh, you can squeeze either lemon or lime, and uh, and then uh, on top of it, mm-hmm. or in a bowl, and then uh, uh, you pour a little salt, and and if you like, you know, chili, you can use that powder, the red powder chili, you can right. use the mild or the hot. And uh, you just eat it like that. You just slice them up. And that lemon, it brings out the flavor of the beer and everything. <laughs> Fantastic. So let me ask you this, Simon. Would I be able to put it on the grill after I've added all these amazing flavors that you just mentioned, my lime and my chili powder? Could I just then brush on a little bit of olive oil maybe and put it on the grill? Well, I'll tell you what. You, you could, but not for a long period of time, okay? Okay. Uh, you could do it. Uh, just to get a little warmed up. And uh, matter of fact, that might even be better because it'll bring the chili powder in, the flavor of the chili powder into the jicama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was and, thinking. Yeah, because that jicama, it's, it's more or less like a huge potato. Mm-hmm. And the inside of a potato is, is the way it looks like inside of a jicama. Right. Hi, Simon. Thanks for the call. Uh, thanks for the suggestion. I'm sure Frank will be glad that there is another Hickama fan out there. Go uh, Hickama! <laughs> my new football team. <laughs> uh, let's get one final call in before our next break, and it goes to Mike, who's on the Gulf Coast today. Good morning, Mike. Hi, Mike. Good morning. How are y'all? Good. What do you have well, for I us? I've got a 
question about uh, kebabs. I have a uh, big green egg, mm-hmm. and um, so I usually cook them about 300 to 325 or uh, five minutes on three sides indirect. And the vegetables and the pineapple always come out perfect, but the meat always seems kind of tough. And I usually use like a uh, top sirloin cut into cubes, but the the meat just never seems to come out tender. So let me tell you what I do, Mike, and, and maybe this is, you know, kind of a cheat. I, I never, I always assemble my shish kebabs. So it's not that I'm actually grilling it all together at one time. That meat, uh-huh. yeah, I'm, I'm usually, for me, it's always cooking that meat to make sure that I get that nice tenderness, that you, you know, that nice juicy bite that you're looking for. And then I assemble it and then put it back on the grill to get that final char for my uh, fruits or vegetables. Because, again, fruits and vegetables only take just a few minutes. And, right. and so with the meat already done. And then you got you you know you assemble it and then put it back on the grill just for just for a few seconds just enough to get a little little heat or a char onto your fruit or vegetable that you're using. It usually works out perfect that way for me every time because what I don't want is to like you said bite into that meat and it's tough and it's not pleasant and you see people not real you know you wasting product because they'll kind of sit it to the side or whatever. So right. yeah, so for me it's just um, going ahead whether I'm using chicken now if I'm using something soft like shrimp. Uh, or a type of fish, it's a little bit easier because, you know, those products don't take long to cook, just a few minutes on each side. But if I'm going to use something like beef uh, or chicken, I want to make sure that that's done before I, and then go ahead and assemble it afterward. Because, you know, a lot of us don't have commercial stuff at home, you know, to cook or to grill on. And so it just makes it a lot easier that way. So I would just, like, I like mine medium rare, I cook it like I would a steak to medium rare temperature and then cut it up and put it back on the skewers. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That way it's, it. you know, you you get that wonderful juicy bite that you're looking for. And if you're yeah. worried about overcooking your meat, you can always take it and wrap it in some foil. Uh-huh. And, you know, because you're just really wanting to warm up that fruit or vegetables anyway. That's really what you're looking for so that you don't overcook it. Okay. Well, that's great. I've never heard of that before. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mike. We need to take one final break this hour. When we get back, we'll continue talking about tailgating here on Deep South Dining. We've got some open phone lines, so if you'd like to join in the conversation, the number is 1-877-MPB-RING. Call us at 1-877-672-7464. We'll be back with more after this. From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. 
MPB is getting its very own car tag. But first, we need your help. To begin production, we need 300 of you to say yes to the tag. Go to mpbonline.org slash car tag for more information and also to sign up. A portion of the fee goes to help MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. Thanks for your help, and we'll see you on the road. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. And we're talking about tailgating today. What are some of the foods that you like to eat uh, when you're uh, getting a big meal with friends and family ready to cheer on the team uh, to victory? You can call us at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 672-7464. Send an email to food at mpbonline.org. One of my other favorite things to do on the tailgate is go to, say, Kroger or uh, one of your favorite uh, uh, delis uh, in advance, get some fried chicken. And that, to me, fried chicken is one of the things that when you first get it, it's great. But it's when it's cold or, you know, stored in the refrigerator overnight or something. To me, cold fried chicken is almost as good as hot fried chicken. When it's been fried, right, Kevin, I don't care if it's cold or if it's hot, you know, just give me some fried chicken if it's been prepared, right, if it's seasoned right. And then what I think what really happens is you get to taste those seasonings that have just kind of settled down into that chicken when it's cold. So I'm with you on that. And then you can also take it and, you know, make some great uh, salads or cut that meat up. And again, it's a great way to, you know, do those shish kebabs really easily. Just add that meat already on there with your vegetables or your fruit. Put it on the grill. It only takes a few minutes to warm it up because the meat's already been pre-cooked. Uh, but, yeah, I like fried chicken. Um, and it's a great tail. You know, that's you. And, of course, you get wings everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you go into the tailgate parties, you got barbecue wings, peanut butter wings, honey wings. I mean, it's just amazing the things that you can get, you know, at tailgating parties with the chicken. So absolutely. Of course. Now, hot dogs and hamburgers, I think, are standard fare. I mean, you know, that's another thing that both with cookouts and tailgating that a lot of people choose. What maybe some ideas to kind of kick them up to another notch? Well, you know, I was. Oh, well, I don't. Can I say this on air? <laughs> Uh, you know, to take your for grownups to take those hot dogs and boil them in beer is something that I've seen done before. That's quite interesting. And you take your beer and your onions and you throw your meat in there and you just kind of boil them up. Whether you're putting them on a stick or back on the bun, it gives it an extra flavor uh, to add to it, Kevin. And then I've even seen that people do uh, hot dogs and sausage like you do a, a boil for uh, you know your. Uh, crawfish or you know crab or whatever you're using uh, with all those spicy seasonings and to add that meat in so it's just so many wonderful ideas that you know you could uh, create little simple things to take ordinary food and turn it into something extraordinary and of course you know to get uh, french fries with piles and piles of yummy chili on top and cheese on that or to do the white cheese with the shrimp and the crawfish on top of your fries is just really wonderful of course you know i love green onions i think they can go on everything so it's all you know those little garnishings all those things matter for taste every little thing counts and so it's, it doesn't take a whole lot to uh, be a little creative and 
serve them up something really delicious. And I think uh, with a with a hamburger, as you said, maybe you know uh, get some go to the the grocery store, the cheese shop, and get some some cheese that you don't normally think about, um, um, and put that on there. And then maybe some good sharp cheddar, some Swiss, some other types of things that'll make uh, kind of the kick up the uh, the cheeseburger to the next level. And then also, if you wanted to experiment and maybe create some custom made uh, condiments, maybe mix together uh, something to make a special sort of mustard or a spicy ketchup, that sort of thing. And that takes the plain uh, cheeseburger, hamburger that everybody loves and, and adds that extra flavor and, and taste to it and makes it something special. Absolutely. For me, Kevin, especially like, you know, if I'm doing tailgating or barbecuing outside and I want to do the cheese, I always add the cheese on the inside of the burger, opposed to putting it on top, you know, and you get the messy grill and that kind of thing. But it's, a, it's always that extra treat when you bite down inside and there's this nice bite of English cheddar, maybe, or blue cheese right inside of uh, the burger. It just gives it that extra taste. And of course, with condiments, you know, it's again, it's, you know, being really creative. Uh, one of the things that I like to do is to take some um, some cream cheese to add to it a little bit of lemon juice, some salt and some pepper, maybe add some uh, cilantro, uh, some green onions in it. It makes a really wonderful spread. It's, you know, it opposed to just using the regular mayonnaise uh, for a spread. So th- there are just a whole lot of things that you can do to, like I said, to take those little bitty things and turn them into something extraordinary. All right. We've got about a minute left, maybe some ideas, quick ideas for something sweet, a little bit of dessert at the end of the tailgate. Well, you know, of course, uh, for me, sweet potato fries is one of those things that you can take up a notch. And recently, I made some sweet potato fries, Kevin, and glazed them up really good with some honey. And in that honey, I had some one of your favorites, some pecans in there. People really love that. Uh, you know, and it's a great way to um, watermelon turns into wonderful treats. They make wonderful skewers. You can add, you know, other fruit on top of them and freeze them until you're ready to serve them. You can also make really good um, smoothies or, or, or ice cream by by using your fruit for a base, just blending them up really well, maybe uh, adding a little heavy cream in it and chilling it, you know, uh, Kevin, and then serving it that way. Just absolutely easy, really refreshing. I, if I were going to use a watermelon, I'd probably pair it with uh, some peppermint just to give it that extra taste. And a big pile of chocolate chip cookies. You better know it. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to wrap us up for today. Deep South Dining, it's a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Jonas Adams, and our call screener today was Sharita Brent. So for Deborah Hunter, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned. Up next at 10, it's Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey. That's followed by Southern Remedy at 11. We'll be back next Monday at 9 for another Deep South Thawning, heard only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.